Podcast of the Mind of Andrew Kelly. I've been giving it some thought, and I've decided to move away from the format of UX Quick Hits and instead try and do something that's a little bit more authentic, a little bit more me, and, and a little less scripted. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to come off a lot better than how UX Quick Hits were initially coming off. And maybe it might come off a little more rambly, but anybody who knows me knows that that's really my style anyways, so this is probably a better representation of who I am. That said, with this podcast, my hope is to be able to touch on a greater variety of things as well than just user experience. I'm I'm hoping to talk on things like leadership, to talk on things like user experience, to talk about business strategy, to talk about mental health, to talk about design. Sometimes I'm going to mix in some loves like hockey, like today. But I think I'm going to have a focus more on leadership because that is something I I enjoy both learning about, talking about, uh, and also I'm in that position right now at work and, and, and love that. So that said, let's get into it. on leadership and specifically I want to focus on how taking responsibility is really important for being viewed both as a credible leader um, but also as being the type of leader that people want to follow and respect incredibly and taking responsibility it's, it's not something that's easy nor is it common in fact I, I actually think is a very rare trait where you see leaders kind of fall on the sword almost instantly. There's this fear or concern that if you take too much responsibility or any responsibility at all, it's going to ultimately reflect poorly on you and and you don't want to risk your career or risk your, your name by, you know, taking responsibility for everything. Now, I was fortunate to read a book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick very early in my management career. And and so I think as I was trying to understand what a leader looks like, I quickly understood that taking responsibility for not just your own actions, but the actions of every single person that reports to you or under you is critically important to being viewed really as a, a credible leader that people want to root for and want to see you succeed. There have been times in the past where an employee of mine has either said something stupid or missed a deadline and... I would look at my boss meaningfully, go, I'm sorry, it's my fault. You know, it's my fault that I didn't tell that employee, you know, you can't say inappropriate things on a call. It's my fault that employee didn't hit the deadline because I didn't either provide them with adequate resources or a proper guideline in terms of what needed to be done and when. And typically when that happens, my bosses will look at me and say something to the extent of, it's not your fault, you're too hard on yourself, you need to let it go. And it really defuses the situation a little bit. And they also know that I'm serious and I don't want it to happen again, and I'm going to do my best to make sure it doesn't happen. The reason I'm bringing all of this up is this week in Toronto, we saw a brilliant example 
of extreme ownership. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a huge, huge deal in Toronto, and, and I think anybody who knows me knows that I am a diehard Leaf fan. But I don't necessarily want to go into the fact that they missed the playoffs or anything like that. What I want to touch on is on Thursday, Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, gave a press conference. And during that press conference, he put a leadership clinic on with it being approximately 15 minutes. I recommend anybody who's interested in leadership go and watch it because, and actually I'll, I'll, I'll add it in the show notes so you can find it easily. But Kyle essentially took responsibility for every single action that occurred with this team when it was negative, was very quick to praise everybody else and not take any of the praise himself when it was positive, and also went out of his way to pump up some people who were kind of receiving some shitty media attention, uh, even though he didn't have to. And, and those are all perfect signs of a leader. Um, and, and so I've actually written down some examples, and, and I wanted to go through it. I think the first and most obvious one, because on the radio, everyone was talking about, you know, what is Kyle thinking? Why would he have done this? It doesn't make any sense. And he took full responsibility for a player named William Nylander not performing to expectation this year. You know, now you're probably thinking, well, a player should meet expectations themselves. How is that a general manager's fault? And that's why this is beautiful leadership, because essentially what Kyle is doing is Kyle is is deflecting some of that attention off of of William and and putting it on himself. And, And essentially he said, it's my fault that William Nylander didn't play well enough because I didn't do a good enough job getting that contract signed when I needed to. And I think, you know, and I, and I really believe he, he believes this as well. And that's another perfect trait of leadership. He essentially said, you know, if, if we had signed him before the, the season, if I had done more, if I had called a couple more times, or if I had not waited so long to reach out to his agent at the end of last season, maybe we could have gotten the deal done sooner instead of when we did get it done, which means maybe he gets to the camp on time. And if he gets to the camp on time, maybe he plays better for the whole season. And so it's my fault that William Nylander didn't perform because I didn't do enough to put him in a position to succeed. And and to me, that is perfect leadership that I think probably a lot of people glossed over. But that's what you want to do when when you have somebody on your team who is struggling or or you know, rightfully or wrongfully receiving attention is your job as a, as a, as a leader to step in front of them. And, and I think the way he handled that was brilliantly done. He proceeded to do it over and over and over again, genuinely, meaningfully on a wide variety of topics. When a player was suspended, he made it clear that it was Kyle's responsibility and, and the Leafs organization's responsibility to help that player be better for the future. So instead of putting all the onus on on um, that player, uh, Nazem Kadri, that he needs to be better and, and, you know, he can't keep doing this, he needs to, you know, step up and realize it, you know, Kyle said it's on us as an organization to work with Nazem to make sure that he, he doesn't repeat the same mistakes from before. Again, perfect leadership where even though he didn't need to, he takes responsibility. He takes responsibility for the playoff performance of Game 7. And he doesn't really go into details, but he just says, you know, ultimately how we performed, that's on me. And 
you know, again, I think he genuinely means it because when you look at those scenarios or, or you're in that, you know, the buck stops at him. This is his team, his responsibility. So I think that was great. He also does like little little nice things within, you know, that press conference where when you could tell the mood was starting to get tense, because again, within within the media right now, there's there's a lot of hate for the head coach, a guy by the name of Mike Babcock. And before he really starts to get into conversation about Mike, he cracks a joke, a subtle one, just enough to lighten the mood a little bit. And and then he goes into what he needs to say. And sometimes when you, you just kind of crack that joke or you you kind of try and lighten the mood that goes a long way in terms of making sure that whatever your next words said no matter how important or meaningful they are you're softening the blow because I don't think from a leadership perspective you need to come and drop the hammer every single day every single moment now wasn't the time especially not in front of everybody else in front of everybody else you know you should never ever ever you know, throw somebody under the bus. And and so I thought that joke was, was a, a nice way of just trying to deflect a little bit. And then he took a little of the attention off of Mike as well by continually using the words we rather than saying Mike, Mike, Mike. It was we need to do better or we need to change things or I thought we did a good job here. And, and I thought that was really important as well because, well, you know, I don't think he gave Mike a, a huge vote of confidence in, in, in this meeting. He also didn't throw him under the bus or go out of his way to embarrass him. And and again, in leadership, you'd be surprised a number of times when people have a public forum, they don't do the appropriate thing. Now, I have a clip here, which again, I think just highlights everything because Kyle essentially goes into, again, reiterating that he needs to be better that he needs to be better with contracts and signings and drafting and, and working with, with the coaching staff and, and so much more. He also makes it clear that his expectation is that everybody else rises up and, and also recognizes that they need to be better. But he does it without necessarily throwing anybody under the bus or, or just straight up calling somebody out and saying, hey, you, you need to be better. And I think that's fantastic. So here's a clip. Uh, but we have to continue to improve everything that we do. It starts with me improving the job that I do, uh, contracts, signing players, drafting players, our development system, every single thing of our organization. And it's up to me to work with Mike to continue to have him improve and with his staff improve. And I think that's one of the best parts about working here is that there's, no, there's not anybody staunch in their stance that um, what we're doing is great and we can't change it. It's Take credit. The way he just did, I think, is incredibly courageous because a lot of the time, I think people who are in those situations where they're willing to take that much responsibility that early. Because you got to remember, Kyle's only been doing this job not even a year. He also spends a few minutes trying to shift expectations a little bit because I think everybody was saying to him at one point, you know, what are you going to do with Mike? Have you made a decision on on players and Kyle essentially said, I'm not in a position to make these decisions yet because I personally haven't been evaluated. And I think it would be very unfair of me to evaluate somebody else before I've been evaluated first. And although I think he probably could have handled that segment better in terms of how he worded things, you know, my interpretation or the way I looked at it, which, which I do appreciate, was I think he was trying to say, I'm no better or I'm not any more special than anyone else. And so 
first let me go through the process before I try to put anybody else through that process. And I, I think there's that level of grounding. And, and if that's what he was trying to do, I commend. Because, again, I, I think when when you make it clear and, and you see this, uh, you know, Tony Shea at Zappos does this, for example, where he, he doesn't have an office. He sits with his colleagues. When you view yourself on the same level as your team, that goes a long way in terms of respect, where A, you're both approachable, but also B, I mean, quite frankly, people like you a little bit more. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know if, if the way he, Kyle, handled it in this situation there, if that really came off, but I think that's what he was trying to do. Uh, and if it was, you know, again, kudos for him for, for trying to, to go that level. And I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because, as I mentioned before, with the exception of like 30 second, you know, clip, everything else was just strong leadership over and over and over again. And, and so I think that's what he was trying to go for, you know, and, and he was also prepared. And, and, you know, I touched on William Nylander earlier, but later on in the conference, he was asked again about Nylander. And, and I think they were trying to catch him off guard. And uh, I believe the question was something along the lines of, you said you could have done better with William, well, what could you have actually done better? And I think what they were trying to do was, was catch him in a lie and, and kind of... I don't think they were trying to catch him in a lie, per se, but I think when you're not uh, used to seeing that level of responsibility being taken by somebody with such influence, it can kind of throw you off and, you know, your bullshit meter goes up a little bit. And and I think that is one important thing when you're when you're going there and you're taking responsibility for, for the actions, not just of yourself, but also your team it can very easily come off as bullshit if you're not sincere. And I think Kyle could have run that risk, and, and this question was perfect because he then proceeded to go into detail, and I won't go over it again because I already touched on it, but he went into detail about everything he could have done differently, and you could tell he meant it, and you could tell it was just sincere. And, and from that point forward, I think everything he said felt a little more authentic, because he was willing to back it up with, with genuine examples as opposed to, in the past, even if somebody did say, I could have done a better job, a, a bullshit answer of, well, you know what, I think that's kind of between me and the agent, um, what we could have done differently. And, and so I commend Kyle. And like I said, I think ultimately that spoke just so much stronger to his character and, and, and how he's perceived. The next thing he did from there was uh, they asked about, um, you know, what kind of moves he was going to make in the offseason. And he took some time to go out of his way to talk about another player named Jake Gardner, who has been with the Leafs for a long time and is a bit of a lightning rod. People either really like him or really hate him. And and by the end of the season, it was more on the hate than the like. And, and so even though I think Jake's probably moving on from the Leafs, and even though his name hadn't, you know, really been explicitly brought up or, or questioned with Kyle, he went out of his way and, and spent, you know, well over a minute, almost a minute and a half, just talking about how great Jake is and how valuable he was to the organization and, and how much, um, you know, he contributed and, and went so far as to say once Jake leaves or once Jake's career is over we will look back fondly and, and realize just how good of a defenseman we had. And again, I, I think that's that's really important because from all accounts, what I can tell is Jake is a, a very popular team uh, player on the team. And so for Kyle to go to bat, you know, for Jake in such a, a public forum 
unprompted, un, unnecessary to go into the depth he did, that doesn't just like prop up Jake, but that props up the whole team where, where everybody else around him went, yeah, that's how we feel too. Thank God you said it, you know, and, and so he's a voice for the team and how they're feeling in a moment where he didn't need to. And, and so it, it's in situations like that where people will want to rally around him and behind him. I just, I was so impressed with that. And, and then he followed it up by talking about how the team performed overall in the playoffs and, and gave some examples about where they kind of bounced back on adversity because one of the narratives in Toronto has been like, oh, you're, you're too skilled, you need to get tough and rrr. And, and he kind of said like, no, look, they are tough and, and they did bounce back. And, you know, I thought they played a great game and, and in moments where, uh, you know, adversity was needed, we saw it. And as they get older and more experienced, we'll see it more. Um, and so I thought it was really nice of him again, just to prop up the players when guaranteed they already feel like shit instead of shitting on them a little bit more, giving them a little bit of praise when they, they needed it. Uh, especially, like I said, in that public forum, privately is a different story, but publicly that's exactly how you should be handling those sort of things. And, and that extends into, you know, an office space as well. You know, you never call out a, a person on your team in front of everyone else. You know, you go out of your way whenever possible to prop them up and, and make them look good. Because ultimately, when your team looks good, you look good. I think from there, he, he then again went into taking responsibility for as much as possible. You know, every time anybody brought up anything... He was very quick to say, that's my fault. And this time they talked about special teams. And, and first he was quick to say, you know what? The power play was good. Yeah, maybe we hit a little bubble, but all in all, the power play was good. Um, and, and even name dropped the assistant coach who did a good job and has been doing a good job. Um, you know, maybe struggled in, in some places with, with the second unit, but there was no need again to go into that, right? So he highlights somebody who's doing a good job, brings attention to that, and then he turns his attention to the penalty kill, where, number one, no names were dropped. He could have easily have called out the other assistant coach who runs the penalty kill, a guy by the name of uh, DJ Smith. But rather than do that, or rather than call out his coaching staff, he was very quick to say, that's on me. I shoulder that responsibility. And, and what I actually really appreciate, and it's a clip that's going to be coming up in a second, but what I really appreciate is as he was talking about what needed to be done, um, actually, you know what, I'm just going to play the clip and then we'll talk about it afterwards. A lot of faith there. I think the penalty kill, I, I think the blame should should go to me for the penalty kill because um, and we, we uh, I think we could have done, a, I could have done a better job and in, in, uh, finding guys that could provide depth to help the coaches in that regard. So I think if... How beautiful was that? He went to say we could have done... And then he stopped himself and said, I could have done a better job. He recognized that he was about to potentially bring somebody else down with him, stopped, corrected himself, and proceeded to shoulder all the blame again. You know, I, I think whether or not you agree with those perspectives is an entirely different story, but how he handled it was beautifully done. Beautifully done. You know, I think a lot of the time... When it comes to getting praise, you know, leaders and, and, and individuals as a whole were very quick to say, me, me, me. Oh, I appreciate it. I worked hard on this. Or I, I'm so glad you're happy. I, I'm really happy with how my team did. 
um, and you try to shoulder that as much as, as possible. And it's, it's really hard to move upon that. And then when something goes wrong, you're very quick to say, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's too bad, you know, Joey fucked up, you know, but you know what, I'll make sure that doesn't happen again. I, I'm on it, you know, and, and that's something I've had to work on too, where, where taking, taking blame, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable stepping in. I don't like to, to try and put blame on anybody else. I, I almost never do. Like I said earlier, I typically have my bosses feeling sorry for me by the end of the conversation. But one area where I've, I've really had to work to improve, and I would argue I'm still not good enough, is, is giving out credit where I'm still very quick to say my team or I, and, and although I've gotten better, I think that's something I still need to work on. But for me to hear Kyle correct himself and adjust was just so impressive because he's really in this conversation or in this call, he's done both. He hasn't taken credit for a single thing, even maybe where certain times it could have been justified or warranted. And at the same time, he's very quick to, to, to take any bullet coming his way results be damned and and you know what I, I think you know when people wonder why he was selected for that job at such a young age that's one of those reasons because it just endears you to a person like that you want to root for a person like that you want that kind of a person to succeed and and typically the people who who follow those sorts of people will go to hell and back because they know that leader would do it too. And and I have no doubt in my mind that if if we were to approach some of the Leafs right now, they'd probably feel the same way. You know, the way Kyle is kind of stepping up and deflecting for them. You can't tell me William Nylander right now doesn't look at Kyle and say, fuck that guy. It's the other way around. I guarantee you anything, William is looking at him right now saying, man, you didn't need to do that. I'm going to do whatever I can so that you don't look bad. I also like near the end there, he, he again reiterates right before the end of the conference, Kyle reiterates that he needs to do a better job just hammering that point home. I mean, I, I know I have this, this whole time, but, but that was the note he left it on. He didn't, didn't leave it on, almost left it on. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, but he, didn't, he didn't try to end his thoughts on the organization by, you know, focusing on any one player, any one system, any one staff member, any one, you know, direction or path he didn't put any pressure on really any any organization he took it all himself and just said I need to be better and I'm not going to rush any decisions and I also think too you know he's on record in terms of saying that he's a big fan of the book Thinking Fast and Slow which is a great book um, because he was very clear to say he's not going to rush into anything and and again a good leader as much as you want to and oh my god it's so hard but you keep your emotions in check you know, you you don't let how you're feeling in the moment define a decision you make. You make sure that you take that step back, look at it from all angles, evaluate all the information, and then make an informed decision. Because the minute you make decisions based solely on feel or emotion, although it might feel good at the time and maybe it works out for you at first, in the long run, I, I would argue you're you're probably looking at closer to a 30% success rate. So I kind of, again, I, I like that he reiterated that. I'm not going to rush into anything. Perfect. And then they started to wrap up the conference, 
and he started to say thank you, and then he stopped himself, and that's why I said this is really how he ended it. Again, he didn't need to, especially given that members of the media have have taken some shots at him over the course of the last year for either not doing a good enough job, which, you know, he'd probably agree with. You know, I think there were probably times or situations where things were written that he didn't agree with or, or didn't didn't back. And, and he made a point to thank every single person for all of their time and their commitment and their hard work this year following the team, recognizing that it's not always easy for them to, you know, travel and do whatever. And, and just, again, what he did was he left that that conference, leaving everyone feeling a little bit better about themselves, because I'm willing to bet you when you look at, at a lot of, of conferences, it's very rare does a leader thank everybody for, for all of their, their hard work and, and it come off genuine. And, and I, felt, I felt it came off genuine. Again, I recommend everybody watch it. If, if you're interested in leadership and, and you want to see how leadership can be done, this is just a perfect perfect example of how to do it. Kyle Dubas is, is I think, somebody, and, and I'm hoping at some point to do a leadership profile because there's still so much, you know, like, like I, I don't know how long this I've been talking for, but there's still so much that I could talk about in terms of what he's done, some of the things he's done for his players through the playoffs and, and some of the things he's done as he's growing up. I really do believe when all is said and done, whether it be that he finds success with the Leafs or he finds success in the NHL, or he just finds success in business after he, he moves on, um, because I'm sure at some point he'll want other challenges. I really think he's going to be um, a name that everybody kind of mentions almost with a sense of awe in terms of how a, a sports leader or how just a leader in general should behave. I think as he continues to speak and give conferences you know, he will eventually be up there with the likes of a Steve Jobs in terms of, and I know high praise, but in terms of like the kind of leaders you point to and say, that's what I want to be like. Because like I said, when you start to follow his, his, his career just a little bit, you quickly start to realize that the man is, is someone who really, I think genuinely cares about people and, and I would probably has a, a high, EQ, emotional intelligence, and carries a, a large amount of empathy. And I don't think that doesn't mean you can't be analytical. And I don't think that doesn't mean, um, you know, you can't make a hard decision when the time comes, because I think you absolutely can. But I think you're better equipped to make those decisions. And, and I think when you've got a level of emotion and empathy in everything you do, in terms of being able to relate to people, that just honestly plays well in the long run so i think again anybody who's interested check it out or or even just watch some of his other interviews because again he he does this a lot um where you know i've, I've left it going this is a man who really does understand what leadership should look like and understands how you should treat somebody so on that note i'm going to leave it and, and, you know, hopefully people kind of come across this. At some point, I'm hoping to do a, a proper deep dive into not just Kyle Dubas, but I think a few other leaders that maybe go unnoticed in society that, that probably should get a little bit more attention. And maybe even look at a few leaders who are currently 
getting attention, but maybe not for the right reasons. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk comes to mind. So on that note, I appreciate you all for listening. Um, hopefully this new format is, is you know, better feels a little more natural. I know, at least from my perspective, it does. Uh, I didn't have to hit record a million times uh, every time I, you know, screwed up a word because it wasn't perfect. Yeah, I still made a couple of tweaks here and there, and and there were a few, few shaky moments. But all in all, I I think I definitely enjoyed it more, and and hopefully everybody else does as well. Um, If if people do want to hear more about me taking these, these leadership scenarios and, and kind of breaking them down, feel free to reach me at um, info at andrewkelly.ca. You know, let me know what you want me to look at or what you want me to watch, and uh, we'll try and do a breakdown. We'll talk about it. That's all for today. Take care.